Welcome, you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. This podcast is intended for teens that want to grow in their faith and learn how to be better followers of Christ. But honestly, it's open to whoever wants to listen and join in the fun. If you have any topic requests, email us at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. And lastly, just so you know, we typically use the New American Standard Bible if you wanted to know what Bible we use. What's up, guys? I hope you're doing well. Our topic of the day is love, true love. What's it look like? We hear about love all the time. But what is true love and what are we missing in our relationships um, with others, with ourselves, with God? What is true love? So as always, before we get started, let's start with a prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. I thank you for the love you've shown us in John 3, 16. God, just that Bible verse where you gave us the ultimate love, Lord. You chose us when we couldn't choose ourselves. You chose us before we were even born. You chose us knowing all the sins we're going to do in our life, all the mistakes we're going to make. But you chose true love. You chose to not be self-seeking. You chose to to not be easily angered, but instead you chose true love. And God, as we learn about love today, and as we're, you know, reflecting on our relationships and how we love one another, God, we just pray that you open our minds and our hearts and our ears to love everyone and to show others how to love and be that model of Christ's love. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so for me, this topic came up for a bunch of different reasons. I always think it's funny how God, you know, kind of shows up and shows out sometimes, and he'll just put a Bible verse on my heart, or he'll put a quote or something on my heart and then I'll just watch it take off and flourish and do things and don't get me wrong I was talking to somebody the other day that was talking about how they question a lot of what they do they want to make sure they're on the right track guys I'm the same way that's one of the reasons I have this podcast and I told you um in the original intro if you've been watching since I've been doing this podcast or if you listen to old episodes that I'm just a normal person like everybody else um trying every day to commit my life to Christ but that I question and I doubt and I mess up just as much as anybody else and um, that's why we're on this journey together. And that's why I always say, give me your um, podcast topics. Give me your opinions. You know, let's talk about things. Let's build a community because we are all walking through it together and we're all imperfect and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to doubt and question things. So when I get these things that I feel from God, don't get me wrong. A lot of times I'm like, well, is this God or is this my fleshly desire? And then it's fun sometimes to see the enemy like, you know, sneak in there in between. And I'm like, oh, you almost got me, but I caught on. But anyway, this um true love situation has come up a lot um just because of my personal life things that have happened um and this comes from first corinthians 13 but just a little backstory um the last couple weeks have just been absolutely crazy uh if you've been listening to this podcast i took a new job at the church uh after i had to make the decision um to leave my old profession i had a choice to move on into a different position but god said drop that net trust him and i did um and it's brought me to some amazing places and i've met some amazing people. Um, But in between this time, ironically, my old job needed some help. They needed me to go sub and help for a couple weeks. And it's amazing how God can just click his fingers and put you in a different place, even an old familiar place, and how it completely can transform you. Um, And how he could just make ways and move our hearts. And even when there's situations that I wish I can get over, you know, sometimes those resurface, um, partly because we're human, but partly because God uses our sufferings and our mistakes in those situations to help mold us. And that's kind of what happened to me. I had to go back to my old job um, to help out. I guess I didn't have to, but you know, I just feel as a Christian when someone asks you to help that you should try to help if it's at all possible. So I made it work and I went back. And in those couple weeks that I went back, it was just crazy to watch God move. Um, I have a relationship at my old work that God has blessed me with after I lost a relationship that meant a world to me. He immediately gave me someone else. Um, She's so good and so amazing. It was to the point that for the longest, you know, 
know, it was hard for me to even let her in because I wanted to make sure I wasn't replacing anything and I wasn't, you know, trying to make something out of nothing, that kind of thing. And it's just been amazing um, that how patient this person's been with me, how loving this person's been with me and how much of a blessing she is from God. And so having to go back, um, I got to be around her, which is absolutely incredible. But I also ran into some challenges from my past in different situations. Um, and God kept opening my heart to something that he's called me to do in my life. And he keeps putting this on me. In his first Corinthians um, chapter 13, and the main thing he keeps putting on my heart is that love is not self-seeking. But the interesting thing is, as I'm back in my old job and as I'm going through all this, you know, tossing and turning with God and this love is not self-seeking, I know it comes from 1 Corinthians 13, um, but I wasn't actually reading 1 Corinthians 13 at the time. And so I um, will go about my business and all of a sudden, somehow, some way, 1 Corinthians 13 comes up um, and Valentine's Day is coming up. You'll probably hear this podcast after Valentine's Day, but it's coming up. And, um, you know, that could be the irony of it, but it'd be in the weirdest places. Somehow 1 Corinthians 13 team come up. Uh, I teach a youth group and the other youth group person. Now we've never done a lesson on St. Valentine. And even if we did do a lesson on St. Valentine, we'd have did it on St. Valentine, not Corinthians 13, especially with first through third grade. But she found a way, amazingly, to incorporate this big complex Corinthians um, into a first through third grade lesson. And I just had to laugh because she didn't tell me. But the papers were everywhere and this scripture was everywhere. And God just kept putting it on my heart. And so hopefully me sharing kind of my experience with it just a little bit can help you. The first thing before I get into reading the Bible verses was when I did go back to my old job, you know, the human in me came out. Um, I said I was doing it to help. Um, but at the same time when, you know, I didn't get a big thank you or a big, wow, you're so awesome for doing it. I was like, man, you know, like I'm working my schedule around where I'm working two jobs and, you know, I'm getting someone to watch my kids and I start worrying about like, are they thanking me enough and all this ridiculous stuff. And that's what we do as humans. We, we, you know, fall into that trap of even though we're doing it as a Christian, we still want that applause, you know, we still want that I'm a good person, you know, tell me I'm a good person and that need and want. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is love is not self-seeking. And the more we can get like that, and the more we can get like Jesus taught us to live, the, sh the easier it is to love, the easier it is to serve. And so I hope, you know, you get that out of today when we read this and it helps you in all relationships, whether it's a friendship, uh, a spouse, um, co-workers, you know, anything you go through that you really understand what love is and what Jesus's love really was as well. So now I'm gonna read 1 Corinthians 13 and this is New American Standard Bible and I'm doing verses 1 through 13. Look at there. If I speak with the tongues of mankind and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and knowledge and if I have all the faith to remove mountains but do not love, I am nothing and I give it all away, all my possessions to charity and if I surrender my body so that I may glory, but do not have love, it does me no good. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit, which is self-seeking. It is not provoked. It does not keep an account of wrongs suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecies, they will be done away with. If there are tongues, they will see 
cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part, in prophecy in part. But when perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we have seen in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, and love remain these three, but the greatest there. So as you probably already know, this is a very common um, verses you'll hear at weddings. I use it at my weddings and Paul's message is very, very powerful. Um, But like I said, when God gives me something, he puts something on my heart. And like I said, it started with love. It's not self-seeking. And it started with going back to my old job. And then some things happened that I'm not going to get too much into. But then with that old friendship that um, I'm still kind of grieving over, um, he wants me to move in some ways with that. I started to really see this love is not self-seeking. And anytime, you know, I come up, keep hearing the same thing. I say, let me go dive into that scripture. And so that's when I started really diving into this first Corinthians 13. And then, like I said, it's been following me everywhere. And there's just so many connections. Um, You know, I think of Jesus on the cross and how he really shows us every single thing that we hear in this. Um, And I'll get into that in a minute. But um, I do want to break this down into three. So first, when he starts in chapter 13, the first verse to verse um, three ends, he pretty much is making an emphasis that, you know, you can do all these amazing things in the world. You can have what you consider as this worldly great and mighty faith, just like the prophecies seem to have this great and mighty faith. But if you're not doing it under the love, the love that God taught us to have, the way God taught us to teach us, it's no good. Because remember guys, it's not about what we do. It's about what God already did. And all we're trying to do is be a servant that follows Jesus. And Jesus came to serve. He did not come to be served. And that's how he teaches us to love. So what he's trying to say is, even if you think you have this great faith and this knowledge and you're doing all these things, if you're missing out on true love and you're missing out on, you know, showing others that love, you're missing the mark. And it's, it's not to judge you. Um, Like I said, for years, I thought I was really strong in my faith. And it's not that I wasn't strong and it's not that I wasn't trying to do good things, but I was doing it from more of a worldly way. And, you know, it's funny because yes, I feel more conflicted. I feel like I suffer more this last year than any other year, but I also feel like I've never been more in the right path to being closer to God, more in tune with what he's calling me to do. And although I might, you know, sound like I have humanly sorrow, I have so much joy and confidence and trust in him. Um, And it's just incredible to me just how far that's come just by trying to be molded by him. Um, And of course, we've heard these next verses so much, but I really want to dive into them. You know, verses four through seven um, in part of eight, but it talks about how love is patient and it's kind. It's not jealous and doesn't brag and it's not arrogant. Um, And I, at the end, plan on giving you Bible verses that talks about these things. But, um, you know, when we say, oh, have some patience, we know what that means, but do we do it from a loving standpoint? You know, if someone rejects us, if someone chooses to end a relationship with us um, and it takes them five years to come back, are you going to be able to forgive them? Um, If someone is growing and trying to battle um, back from an addiction or, you know, they messed up, but you could see that they were, you know, sorry about it. Are you going to be patient enough to let that person grow, to let them develop as a human um, and give them that chance? Or are you just going to say, no, you know, you made this mistake. I'm not seeing if you're going to grow. I'm out. Um, so are you really doing that patience? As far as kindness, is your kindness about you and you just being a nice person? Or are you truly doing what's kind to them? Um, so if there's a person who I see it all the time, um, especially with a lot of needy people, um, most time needy people have a lot going on, which is why they become needy. No one chooses to be a needy person. And so I'll see it all the time where people get aggravated.
aggravated because they're like, well, I just helped them here. I just did this and they're still back in their old habit. And why am I going to help them if they're just going to go back to their old habit? And that's where we have to choose kindness above the situation, above what they did. And putting their needs first, not because you agree with their situation or their actions, but because that is true love. It's not looking at what they did. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he was betrayed by his friends not that long ago. He was denied several times. People were spitting, people were mocking. Um, and I truly believe even if it was just one person on this earth, um, who would have never accepted him, Jesus still would have died out of that love. Um, because it didn't matter what they did. And then it goes on. Love is not jealous. It does not brag. Um, a lot of times, especially high school relationships, um, jealousy can destroy it. The devil wants us to be jealous and he wants us to brag. And a lot of times I know being a division one soccer player, people would brag for me all the time and try to make me like I'm better than other people because I played soccer. Um, and you know, it, it really does no good. All that does is it stirs up this jealousy and anger, um, and resentment and it's not worth it. And I know for me, um, my relationship that I didn't do so well with, um, <laughs> bragging was my issue. I was so proud of that relationship, um, that I was actually, one of the things that got me in trouble was I was bragging that I was friends with that person. Um, uh, <laughs> love does not need to brag. Um, and then it doesn't need to be arrogant. And like I said, all these things you're like, oh, I know all these things, but a lot of times love's not arrogant. A lot of times we want to look at what the other person did wrong. We want to look at their flaws and we don't want to just focus on ours. I know every time because, you know, I do try to live for Christ and I do try to be the best person I could possibly be in a servant for God. So a lot of times, anytime I get in an argument with someone else or something happens and other people find out about it, everybody wants me to look at what the other person did wrong. And as much as I do sometimes think that that would help me have peace a whole lot quicker and because I can justify it um humanly I don't let myself go there and I stop people every time somebody says but what if they did this or they should have done this and they should have done that and they should have forgave you and they should understand they should know you blah 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 but the fact of the matter that doesn't change the situation and in true love you're not going to look at what that person is doing wrong because all that's going to do when you do those things is you're going to make them you know feel disgraced or you know you're pointing out their wrongs it also says in this verse we don't keep a, a account of wrong. We don't rejoice in the unrighteous. So we're not going to focus on what they did wrong. Um, but out of love, instead, we're going to reflect on our part. Even if you thought you were right, we, we shouldn't be arrogant. Um, me, I didn't never thought I was right, but we must look at, you know, what could we do differently and how can we, you know, accept what happened? I see it all the time with my, my daughter, you know, she's three and a half and I have a 10 month old and she'll constantly hurt him and she never means to hurt him, but she she hurts him. And so I make her stop and apologize. And you know, she gets a little arrogant and she wants to list a million ways it's not her fault. But the fact of the matter is she loves her brother. And so I make her stop and I make her go over what she could have done better, even though, yeah, it's because he's 10 months old. And yeah, she wasn't thinking any of that was going to happen. But that doesn't change the hurt. That doesn't change the pain. And that doesn't repair the relationship if we're focusing on the other person um, in their wrongs. What we need to focus on is their feelings and how we can work on the part of us that made it wrong. Because even if, like I said, if there's an argument of friction, even if you feel like you're right, there's always something you can work on. And when you're wrong, taking a step back and putting their needs first. Uh, I know for me, when I'm wrong, I tried to fix, 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 fix. But sometimes that's not what that person needed. You know, they needed space. They needed time. They needed to come to me when they were ready. And so I have to not be so arrogant, not focus on how I would handle it, but how they would. Um, And again, right here is the one I got so much love 
does not seek its own benefit. And I could do a whole podcast on love is not self-seeking. Um, like I said, I'm, God has been putting on my heart. Um, so when you love somebody, you want them to love you back, obviously. Um, but God's been putting someone on my heart who, you know, I feel like I haven't talked to in a while. I deeply care about them. I love them beyond word can ever, um, express. But I just felt like my relationship with them was hurting them. Um, in that I needed to let them be loved the way they wanted to be loved. And if all I was doing in their relationship was hurting them, that, you know, I needed to take a step back. And that's what true love is, is it's not self-seeking. And no, I don't have all the answers, but it's not seeking my benefit, but theirs. If you love them, you should be looking out what's best for them. Um, and it's tough, especially if you think the relationship's good for both of you. But God put it on my heart that this person that I've been trying to give space to and this person that I've tried to, you know, just let go for their benefit and so they can have joy in other places. God put on my heart that, you know, you need to do X, Y, Z for them. And I was so conflicted because if I do X, Y, Z, um, then that means I have to kind of communicate with them. And so I had to pray about it and say, God, why, why do you want me to do this? Um, it's going to hurt me if, and it's going to hurt them. And he put it on my heart that it's not going to change the relationship at all. It's not going to benefit me in any way, but it's going to bring just a small amount of joy to their life. And I wish I couldn't beat around the bush and tell you exactly what it was, but I do try to keep their privacy. Um, but God put something on my heart and I know if I do it, um, it's going to bring joy to that person. And I know exactly what day to do it on because, you know, we all have hard days. And so God put it on my heart. It's not going to change your relationship with them, but love is not self-seeking. It's going to make them happy. Um, even if it's just for a couple minutes, even if it's for 30 seconds, Dana, it's going to make them happy. And <laughs> I was, you know, kind of confused because I know that if I do it and I get no benefit out of it, that it's going to hurt a little bit on my end because you see, I love this person. And so talking to them, just messaging them, if they don't respond, that's going to hurt. If they do respond, then I'm going to think that they're going to probably want to pursue the relationship and God's saying, no, that's going to hurt. Um, And so I got to a point that really made me reflect deeply here. And it made me realize that although I'm a strong Christian and although I do love, do we love those? that reject us? Do we love those that we get nothing out of? Do we love the drug addicts? Do we love the friends that reject us? Do we love the family members that hurt us in ways that makes us hard to trust them again? Do we love them in a non-self-seeking way? And so I had to step back, take some deep breaths and pray. And you know, I'm definitely going to do it. I love the person and love is not self-seeking. So I'm down to do it, but it really made me have a deeper appreciation from Christ. And you know, God's always trying to mold us. And I think he was trying to mold me here. And that's why I'm sharing this story with you. So I hope it sticks out to you and you don't think just I'm a crazy person chatting on here about my problems. This is something I didn't really plan on sharing when I started this podcast, actually. But, um, you know, it reminds me of Jesus that he had to go on that cross knowing that it was going to hurt. He was going to get beat. He was going to do all these things, but he chose to do it anyway because his love was not self-seeking. So as I know, this might hurt my emotions. This might mess with me for a while, but I know if I can bring joy and love and peace to that person, person I love that I'm going to do it. And I think that's what, you know, Paul's trying to teach us and Jesus is trying to teach us is that's what love is. And that's why in verse eight, love never fails. Because if you truly love someone to where you're not doing it to be self-seeking, you're not being arrogant, you're not worried about what, you know, they're doing wrong, but you love them so much, you're willing to just be a better person to help them. Be kind to help them. Be patient when you don't want to be patient to help them. And you make everything about them and their needs. That's true love. And a lot of times, 
times when we read this verse, we think, oh, husband and wife, you know, oh, when they fight, we got to be patient with one another. And oh, don't get jealous when you see a girl that's prettier than you. Or, or don't brag or oh, don't be arrogant when you're in a fight and just assume you're right. And yes, all that is entailed. But I think it goes deeper than that. I think it goes into, you know, how not self-seeking are we? Obviously, we're in a relationship when we love somebody. We're going to want to get something out of that. I'm not saying you're not going to want to get something out of that. But if you're truly putting that person first, if you came like Jesus did, serve and not be served. I think love takes a new Um, And that's why when it says, you know, Paul says, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child, but then I became a man. I did way with childish things. A lot of times we, you know, start with this puppy love. You think of Valentine's Day, you know, candy and I love you and all that. And we could say the words, I love you, but are we truly living them out? Or are we truly putting the other person's needs first um, in every way, shape or form um, to show what true love is? Worldly love is a whole lot different than in the teachings of God's love. Worldly love usually has to do a lot with, you know, if it makes us feel good, if it makes us comfortable, it makes us happy. But true love is loving someone more than you love yourself. Not that you don't love yourself, but that you're going to put their needs first and you're going to do what you think's right for that person. Being their servant out of love, just like Jesus was our servant out of love. And Paul gives us that guideline of true, true love. And again, it's not always so easy to follow. Um, Before I end this podcast, I'm going to go real fast with a bunch of different Bible verses you can look up about these topics. But hopefully, like I said, what stuck with me is love is not self-seeking. And I think if you start your day with that and every time someone, you know, tries to do something or hurt you, you know, and it's not, you don't seek your own benefit, but the other person's, you're not arrogant. If you start with those two, I think it'll really, you know, help you receive true love. Like I said, it don't always feel good. Um, When I was rejected, it did not feel good. But just because I was rejected and just because my emotions doesn't feel good does not call me to not be a servant of God, does not call me to love those I love. If I love them, I love them and I'm going to do what's right for them, even when it hurts my feelings. Um, Now, of course, I'm not talking about physical hurt, like no one's physically hurting me. It's just hurting my feelings, but that's a worldly thing. And true love puts feelings aside, just like Jesus did, Um, takes up his cross and follows. So anyway, here's the verses I got on patience. Proverbs 15, 18, Romans 12, 10 through 12, Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3. On kindness, I got Proverbs 31, 26, Ephesians 4, 32, Proverbs 16, verses 23 and 24, Colossians 3, 12 through 13, and then not self-seeking Bible verses, Galatians 5, 13, Luke 6, 35, and then other scriptures about love that I thought was important would be 1 Peter 4 through 8. So I hope this helps you in your relationships. I hope it helps mold you to be more like Christ. Like I said, this is just what came to me. This is not always how I did relationships. This is not how I always seen love, but I trust God. And I trust that if God put this on my heart, this was not meant just for me personally, but this was meant for me to share with you guys. So I pray that whether you're in high school, college, adult, whatever you're going through, um, whether it's friendships, marital friendship, marital relationships, co-workers, whatever it may be, put on this true love, give it a chance, um, be less self-seeking, stop worrying about what the other person is doing and if they deserve your love and give them the love that they deserve. That's what Jesus did. He gave us, he did not give us love based on if we deserved it. He gave us the love we deserve because he called us worthy. He loved us. We deserve nothing. So they deserve nothing, but we get it anyway because that's what Jesus chose. That's what God says and that's what he shows. So I hope that makes sense. I hope you find true love in your life. I hope your relationships are based on true love. I know me, like I said, I might have a falling out with a relationship that I wish I didn't have, but God has given me so many that, like I said, I've been so much my worst self. Um, And people are like, it's not your worst self, but I think it 
this, my vulnerable self. I've been completely honest with people. I told them things I would have never pridefully told them in the past, but I've been so upfront with my relationships. I've been so front with how I'm feeling, if I'm hurting, if it's a good day or a bad day. I'm straight up upfront. I tell them I'm an emotional mess. I tell them everything. And they love and accept me anyway because they give me true love. And that comes from God. And they're such a blessing. So I pray that you can do that for other people and help develop. And I guarantee you, if you do it for other people, God's going to bless you with those people too. And you're going to recognize it more if you start practicing it in your life. So I hope this helps. God bless. Have a good one.